Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week I am joined by Anthony Reed for a classic one-on-one game of Dungeon World. Dungeon World is high fantasy powered by the apocalypse. It is one of my favorite role-playing games, and I'm always so excited to feature it on the show, and I can't wait for you to hear this particular game. It's very good. Anthony is the host of Adventure Incorporated, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition comedy adventure podcast, which can be found at adventuring.podbean.com or in the show notes below. Before we dive in, a brief content warning that there is a reference to self-harm in this episode. Listener discretion is advised. And with all that out of the way, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am sitting down with Anthony Reed. Anthony, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. This is very exciting. Uh, I'm I'm super pumped. So uh, real quick at the top of the show, why don't you take a moment to tell the listeners at home any of the cool projects that you're working on that you might want them to know about? The floor is yours. Great. Uh, yeah, I do a podcast called Adventure Incorporated. It's a Dungeons and Dragons uh, 5e actual play podcast. Uh, we are just over 100 episodes deep into our first campaign. Um, and uh, it's a group of, uh, we used to do an improv troupe, and now we're playing D&D on the internet. Uh, it's a ton of fun. Uh, we have a very deep, long form story we're telling, a lot of deep cosmology to it. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, definitely come and check it out. Adventure Incorporated. Uh, we're right in the middle of a big celebration for our 100th episode, where we're giving away a bunch of dice bags with our logo on it. And uh, we're having a ton of fun. Uh, a couple of live streams. I think we have one coming up this week. So uh, come and check it out. It's uh, we're we're having a blast. That's awesome. I'm, that, that's awesome. Uh, so this week we are playing Dungeon World. It is one of my favorite games, and it's a game that I can never get tired of playing uh, with one player with a full group. It's a good game. I like it a lot. Uh, so why don't you take a moment and uh, introduce us to your character this week? Sure. My character is Alexander. He is a paladin. Uh, he's a bit of a, a researcher, maybe an investigator of sorts. Uh, he travels around uh, as a justicar, sort of overseeing squabbles that need to be overseen, spreading the faith, uh, and also searching for signs of demons, and specifically one demon uh, that he's been hunting down over time, and that's Naralm. Ah, Naralm, the, uh, let's see, I'm going to give him a good demon title. Oh, yeah. Naralm, the, the beachhead of the, the beachhead of the war of demons. Yeah, all right, I like that. Yeah, I'm into that. that that's good. That'll tie you into some stuff later. I mean, maybe. <laughs> no, well, maybe. 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 <laughs> Um, yeah. So, uh, tell me about, as you are playing, uh, the paladin, tell me about your quest. You said you are hunting Naram, the beachhead of the demon war. Yeah. So there's, there's a, a, a hidden secret about Naram, Uh, and I think Alexander is out trying to discover the truth, uh, of what is hidden about Naram. Um, and so he has taken up that quest, uh, as, as dictated by the high church and uh, in doing so, he has picked up a, a mark of divine authority, and he has senses that pierce lies. And those are probably his steely eyes. Mm-hmm. A thousand yard stare. He can stare right through you. He knows if you're telling the truth or not. And um, yeah, you have departed from the high church. You know, you were given 
you you've just dropped off some key information some and and were vaunted you know you know one of your big successes big victories right and you are en route to you received a lead you don't know much all you have is a name high rock a small industrial town you know it's sort of no a lot of exports a lot of lumber a lot of coal big resource town right big a lot of one of the industrial capitals of the nation, right? Nice. That's that's all you have, High Rock. And that is where we open. Um, you, when and how do you arrive into High Rock? Um, I think Alexander probably travels uh, light. It's, it's pretty much just him. I don't think he has like a, a mount or anything like that. Um, he sort of travels the road. Uh, and he probably moves during the day and, and finds quiet places to try and tuck away at night. The roads can be dangerous. And uh, I think mm-hmm. he probably takes all the precautions that he needs to, um, you know, he is a, a man of the church, but not everyone sort of respects that. So he's going to be careful. Um, so, so he probably strolls in, in, in sort of broad daylight, uh, cool. Just confident. Yeah. So you stroll in, um, as you are just sort of on High Rock is on a, on an island just off of the mainland, and it is connected by a big, giant bridge. Mm. You are crossing this bridge. We open, you're about halfway across the bridge, and you see a, a merchant caravan wagon. About, uh, maybe, you know, there's a people driving the wagon. You see a few people on it. You see a few merchants um, carrying bags and like books and ledgers and things all moving kind of hurriedly in the other direction. And they seem to be moving, you know, their cloaks are drawn to their faces. They're kind of, they're, they're looking down. No one's making eye contact. They're just hustling. And you, we start, we open with you just sort of just beginning to cross paths with this wagon and these these hurried merchants sort of leaving town in a huff. Okay. What do you do? Yeah, I think Alexander sees this. He's a little bit suspicious of these sort of movements. You know, he's on the road a lot, and this is uh, definitely an odd sight. So uh, I think he tries to, to flag someone down. Uh, excuse me. Um, people are very hesitant to stop. What do you do? Like, people are like... A few people look at you and one or two people look at you and see your ornate holy symbol that um, are you wearing it on your person? Are you carrying it in your hand? Is it even visible right now? I think probably he wears it around his neck. Um, and, and as he approaches a town like this, usually probably on the road, it's not necessarily exposed, but especially as he's approaching a town and, and if as people sort of are averting their eyes from him and like looking away, he's going to like pull it out and let it hang down on his chest. Um, I, I see it as sort of like a, a metal, uh, maybe like hands grabbing, you know, like a, when a hand mm-hmm. grabs a wrist and then the yeah. next hand is grabbing a wrist, like a, like four of those, like, you know, cool. little, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, so a few, one or two, one or two people see that kind of stop and like are unsure if they should keep moving, but, um, the crowd and the wagon as a whole are not acknowledging your presence. What do you do? Um, uh, I think he's going to, anyone who maybe makes eye contact for like, even just a second, I've got him. I'm trapping him. Uh, mm-hmm. Like as soon as someone makes eye contact with me, I'm just going to point at, point them out and say, you there, speak with me. What is happening here? 
Uh, I'm actually going to ask you to make a charisma roll uh, to invoke I am the law. Yes. When you give an NPC an order uh, on based on your divine authority, roll plus charisma. Okay. So my charisma is a plus two. So you're going to roll 2d6 plus two. So that's a 10. Perfect. On a 10 plus, you may take plus one forward uh, against them. And they choose to either do what you say, back away cautiously and then flee, or attack you. Uh, they're going to do what you say. Um, a young man, very young, late teens, probably working as like an apprentice or an intern, stops and kind of acknowledges you and sort of like saddles up to you and almost whispering. You can see some of the older merchants are like side eyeing him as he does this. And he says, look, I don't I don't want any trouble. Just, you know, turn around and come back with us. The, you know, we, you don't want any part of what's happening or what's going to happen. And he gestures back to High Rock in there. And what I is promise that? you just come with us. We'll feed you. I, I appreciate the offer, but I need to find information in High Rock. I. And he stalls for a second and he looks back and he eyes. This huge uh, stone factory, you know, you see smokestacks. It's maybe like a big forge like it is. That mm. is the industrial center of this industrial town. And he just mutters, things are changing in High Rock. They are, they have, he has law and order no longer applies. I can't, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't. And he turns and like joins with the people as they up and flee. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to press him too hard. Um, I sort of get uh, from a sense of his fear and uh, his his apprehension that th- something is amiss. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to head straight to High Rock. <laughs> yeah, you cross over the bridge. You get these, you see, um, you know, it is a very developed town. There are cobblestone streets. There are cottages. Um, there's a beautiful waterfront with these very nice cottages, or at least this all seemed like it was nice once Mm. you're looking around. You kind of don't see the appeal. Everything looks kind of run down. There seems to be this layer of soot and smoke kind of like looming over the town. It's very, it is just, there's something off about it. Everything kind of looks like it's about to fall apart it looks like if you gave if you breathed on some on some of the houses they might fall over. And yet you get the sense that they're that you you get the sense that it everything you've heard said even, you know, week even a few days a few weeks ago said that this place was it's called the it's called the Golden Exchange. Mm. It is, you know, where business happens and this this is where business happens this is the golden exchange right um so when i look around does it look like that those stone um like that that 
forge place is like the only place that seems active right now, or has most of the rest of the town sort of packed up or are there still other things going on? There are people abound, you know, like people pushing barrels of coal and, you know, merchant there's like, there are open air markets that you're passing, but they're very scattershot and no one, and everybody is sort of looking very tired. Hmm. And they're looking at you real cross-eyed. Um, looking around at all of this, I think Alexander probably places his hand on his symbol um, and he sort of closes his eyes for a moment and uh, just mutters under under his breath a little bit. He says, by the gods of the high court who watch over us and stare down from above, guide me in this place. What here is evil? Uh, what here is evil? In an instant, you you feel an aching in your ribs as though you've been kicked right mm. in the ribs. And a f- your face is flushed red. And you feel very small. I mean, you already feel small. You're not the strongest. Even as you are a mighty armored paladin, you're not the strongest. But you feel very small. Smaller than you have in years. Hmm. Something feels rotten and something feels painfully familiar to you. This, this, this sense of like shame and anger and resentment, like all kind of like boils in you. And you just can't take your eyes off of that factory that is pumping black smoke that seems to settle on every surface. And you just look around and you swear everyone is looking at you and everyone seems to be whispering on their breath, weak, weak, weak. You don't know what, but there is something deep in that factory that is undeniably evil, painfully familiar, and powerful enough to emanate across this the golden exchange across high rock. Okay. Um, can I sort of like try to really focus on that, uh, factory and see what I can learn from it? Uh, you sure can go ahead and roll me plus wisdom as you discern realities. Oh, womp womp. Uh, that's a seven. Okay. On a seven. Uh, you're going to look at the, uh, you're going to look at your basic move sheet and you're going to look at discern realities. You're going to ask me one question off of the discern realities list. And when acting on that question, you get plus one forward, which means you add plus one to your dice. Okay. What should I be on the lookout for? What you should be on the lookout for is you can feel, you can feel something clawing at like the back of your mind Hmm. something is present and you get the sense that something is reaching in and 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 is if it's something is clawing at your mind with all of your military training and all of your divine will and your power something is definitely reached something is definitely like taken hold in the minds of the people of high rock and If they are, if they were, and you get the sense that were they willing, 
you know, you get the sense that something is capable of grabbing hold of the minds of, of the people of High Rock. And were they willing to have their, like, to offer up their mind? Anything could be possible. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So I think uh, Alexander is going to make his way toward that factory. Okay. Um, you make your way towards the factory. And what I'm going to say is you have, you pass by this open air market and the streets flood. People just like running into you and blocking your way from all directions. And at first it just seems like this very crowded open air market, but then you try to like back out and your way is still blocked. Hmm. And you try to move forward and your way is blocked still. What do you do? Interesting. And people seem to be like looking at you for lengths, periods of time as they like push carts in your way. And so I and you think, still feel um, that clawing at the back of your skull. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, Alexander has like an inkling that this uh, might not work, but he wants to try and, and do uh sort of his regular steps before anything gets serious. Um, so mm -hmm. he just sort of points off toward the, um, uh, toward the factory and he squares off and he lifts the symbol and he says, by order of the high church, by the gods above, I command you to step aside. Give me plus charisma. Eight. Eight. Uh, okay, um, I can choose to do what you say, back away cautiously. I'm going to have them back away cautiously and flee. You know, you do okay. that and um, you do that and for a second, like everything is calm and you see people like standing around as though they're sort of like waking from a dream. Mm -hmm. And some of the people pushing carts are like, why am I? And they kind of go back to the sides of the street. And like people are kind of like going running back to their houses before like stopping at their doors and looking back at you. And you have okay. a little bit of time to move towards the uh, towards the factory. Okay, now, yeah. real quick, I do have one question for you that I forgot. Sure. Which sure. of the boons did you take? You took sensing uh, the, lies. Yeah, uh, senses that pierce lies and a mark of divine authority. Yes. So. Um, I think that, okay, so, and the one thing that I will add is I think because, because you have the mark of divine authority, like, when you do this, that holy symbol that is, like, beautiful and metal, like, sh just flashes gold for half a second, and suddenly, mm. like, that smoke even dissipates, and it is, like, people just hear you. And even those that you can tell still have their minds kind of tangled up, move out of the way reluctantly, you know? Um, I think as Alexander sort of looks around and sees like these people, like almost seemingly wake up a little bit from a dream. Um, I think he's going to want to try to like talk to one of them and, and ask them like, what, where, what has happened here? What is going on? Do you feel your own power? Like he's trying to, to sort of pump them for information while he can before they fall back under this control. Sure. I'm going to ask you for 
I'm going to ask you for another charisma. No, actually, I'm just going to give this to you. Um, give me wisdom to discern realities as you kind of grill this person. You have time because of your mark of divine authority. Like you have the time if you focus on this person that they can sort of tell you what you need to know. Okay. That's a seven again. Okay. Ask me one question. What here is not what it appears to be? Um, you, you ask, you kind of talk to someone and they explain like, actually, you know what? Let me, let me, let's scrap that. What happened here recently, I think is the better. So what happened here recently? Um, you, this person, you see it, that their eyes are still like glassy and hollow and they have this kind of sneer. And they just say, we were, High Rock was reborn with, towards its true purpose, gathering, building the arsenal for the war that is to come. When... When the emissary, when the emissary arrived, High Rock was baptized in fire and smoke. And now we build with purpose for the first time. Um, Alexander like takes this in and he sort of thinks on that for a moment. And he turns to the person and says, uh, by the grace of the gods above and by my authority of the high church, I will free you from this. And for a brief second, like he's like, he's got that sneer. And for the briefest second, it turns into like this horrifying face. And it's just says, please. Good luck. And he walks off. Okay. He backs away, never locking, never losing, never taking his eyes off of you. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> uh, then Alexander is going to continue to try to push towards uh, the the factory. I'm um, sort of an understanding this now, like how these people are sort of really in control, like under control. As people start to like get in his way, I think he's just going to to as carefully as he can, because he doesn't want to hurt mm-hmm. anyone, just like slide past people. Um, even if he knows it, like, even if it slows him down or whatever, he's just trying to make his way through. Well, and I think as you kind of, I think people aren't, people are like not in your way, right? Like as you mm. make your way towards the factory, Good. you kind of get towards like what appears to be like the industrial park. Like the forge mm. is clearly the largest of the factories in town. And there are clearly other like workshops, smiths, like smithies, all of that kind of stuff is centered in one big giant industrial park. There's a lot of like carriages with wheels taken off and that kind of thing. Okay. Um, you arrive and you know, there's more of this, like the smog is now like sticking to your armor and it still shines through, but you have to like wipe it periodically Ugh. and you are like moving towards it. And you see smoke, not just from smokestacks and not just from smithies, but like 
pyres. Mm. Like there are there are like hay strung pot or like hay bale pyres that have been strung up, and you see you you start to see them out of your corner of your eye, and you watch the smoke from one, and it begins to like move towards you and like surround you and you see like tendrily arms beginning to form through the smoke as it like reaches out to start to like try and grab you okay um i think alexander probably draws his sword and sort of tries to like push through the smoke like and cut through if he has to um but to try and like, like he doesn't like being surrounded by this. It's an uncomfortable feeling. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to call this a, we'll call it a hack and slash. Normally I'm going to say you wouldn't be able to do this, but because you're able to like channel, channel divine fury at what is clearly like an, at like clear, what is clearly an otherworldly thing. I'm going to let you make, let you, you know. <laughs> Attack the, the smoke. <laughs> yeah, this sort of like, this sort of like smoke elemental thing that is trying to like surround you. Right. So let's see. This is plus strength. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a 10. 10. Perfect. Um, okay. You uh, deal your damage. So that's a D10. Yep, so roll me that D10. Four. And I believe you get to do something else. Let me double check. Yes, you may... Okay, so you do your damage. Um, and you may choose to do an additional 1D6 damage, but expose yourself to the enemy's attack. <sighs> I don't think so. I think he's probably... Uh, trying to protect himself and be cautious in this. Uh, he's uncomfortable in here. He's not going reckless and all out. So uh, I think he just makes his slash and tries to push through, but keeps his shield up. Okay. So how much damage was that? Four. four. Yeah. Okay. You slash and the, you slash and, you know, your sword starts to just go through the smoke. It starts to split it, but then it finds flesh. And you see it just, like, suspended in the smoke. But, like, you've clearly, like, you know, you've wedged it in bone, right? Like, you, this is, you know, your your sword is all stuck for a moment and you have to pull it out with all your might as it tries to, uh, as it, you know, swirls deeper and tries to, like, you feel the hands around your throat as it tries to, like, lift you up and slam you onto your back. Oof. Romeo defied danger. You may choose the ability that you use to avoid this, whether it be uh, strength, if you want to try and like force your way out, dexterity, if you want to try and slip out of it, uh, constitution, if you're just going to take the slam and power through, or I'd even accept wisdom if you tried to like shake off or like aggressively disbelieve this smoke monster. Um, I think that uh, this is the the kind of beating that Alexander's taken before. So okay. uh, I think he'll just go ahead and, and take the hit and uh, see if he can power through it. No, he, he can't. <laughs> oh, that's a five. A five. Okay. Roll me a D10 for damage. 
Eight. Take eight damage. Um, and what happens is, uh, oh, take eight damage and subtract your armor from that. As you oh, are, okay. uh, not just slammed on the ground, but you're lifted up again and thrown into one of these brick walls that kind of like crumbles around you. Ooh, and suddenly, okay. like, the spectrally, tendrily hand begins to, like, form a finger that just sort of, like, points in your direction and prepares to, like, sp- like pierce into your heart. Okay, and is it still pretty close to me, or? Like, um, it's, like, drifting toward me? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Uh, what, what, it, I burst through this wall what's sort of around me in here you are in a um we'll say it's like a shipwright uh workshop right so there's like chunks of ship big like ship frames and things okay hmm interesting hmm and if there's anything you want to find that's ship related like this you'd be able to find it in here (laughs) Okay. <laughs> well, that's a whole a whole new world of nautical possibilities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, hmm. As it leers closer to you, y- it starts to form a face and you are flashed back. Like you see the face forming and it begins to you, you begin to hear words on the wind as the as the smoke is carried on the wind and you just hear you sentenced me to die. You did this to me. I was an innocent oh. man, and you sentenced me to death. Um, I think Alexander just sort of that that crushes him. Um, so tell tell the listeners uh, what's happening right now. So uh, Alexander's great failure recently. He was traveling from town to town looking for information uh, about. Uh, uh, I can't remember what I'm writing anymore. Oh, there we are. Nar, uh, Naralm. So he was traveling from town to town looking for information about Naralm. And he uh, was doing his Justicar duties. And he came across someone who uh, they presented all of the facts. The man claimed to be innocent. Uh, but all of the facts pointed toward him being guilty. So he passed uh, judgment and sentenced him to death. Uh, and after the sentence was carried out, more information came to light that exonerated him. Um, and so I think Alexander's kind of been carrying the weight of that a little bit. Uh, it was like a big mistake on his part. And um, he has, you know, tried to push it aside. But as soon as uh, those words are said, it just, he feels it just weigh on him so heavily. Mm-hmm. Um and I think he sort of stumbles back a bit uh, and has a hard time. Like, I think the world's kind of spinning a little bit for him uh, while he tries to sort of piece this together. Yeah. And and so you you start hearing more voices and, and they're more of the people that you have like sentenced, that you have dealt sentencing on, more of the people that you've been just a cart towards. All these voices of like, Maybe I was innocent. Maybe I was innocent too. How can you know? You were wrong once. Who's to say you were ever right? Who's to say you even belong here? 
who's to say that you ever once made the right call? No, no, there has to be right. There has to be truth in what I have found. The gods have guided me this far. So Um, what do you do? I I think, uh, I think he probably, uh, he's filled, he's got some self doubt right now. So uh, looking up, is there space for him to try and like run away from this smoke toward the factory yes, or is make it me, sort of in the make way? Make me a defy danger with um, dexterity. Ah, yes. Dexterity. So good at dexterity. <laughs> so that's a six minus one. So that's a five. Okay. Um, <laughs> you succeed. You are able to push okay. through. However, I, I am going to need you to take another D10 as you have the only way out. Because there's a fire burning behind you and you see more of this smoke and more of these faces and voices. You know the only way out is going to be through that hole, right through that smoke. I will try that again. Eight again. All right. Take eight more damage. Minus my armor? Yes. Okay. As now smoke is like pouring into your lungs and you're hacking and you're wheezing and you you push through and you, you know, the voices are a cacophony that surround you there. You know, you have this awful migraine that you can't tell if it's from the smoke, the guilt, the magic or something else entirely. But you find yourself after running. You find yourself. Sitting. By one of the, you know, you, you, you tumble. I'm going to say part of that damage is also that you tumble over an alcove into water and you like crash and you start to sink and you have to pull yourself up in one of the shipping docks of the giant factory. Okay. And you're coughing and wheezing. Smoke and soot and water are, you know, you're belching out smoke and soot and water. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you're where you need to be. What do you do? The, the the dock is one of these big open, you know, it's for boats to come all the way into the building so they can load boxes on. So you see the right, wooden right. dock. It leads to a big warehouse looking room and you can see connected to it various uh, catwalks and catwalks and walkways. Um... And just, you know, various doors to go through. There are probably about like four or five doors to go through. Does it look like the smoke is still like trying to like follow me or come after me? No, the smoke, the smoke seems to have dissipated or at least settled in your mind. Okay. Hmm. You're away from you're away from the smoke, at least for at least you hope. Right. (laughs) Fair enough. Um. I think Alexander sort of takes a second looking at his hands and he, he reaffirms himself. He, he puts his faith, uh, not in himself, but in the gods. And he, uh, sort of stands up and moves into this space to try and find like maybe the, the, a door that looks like it goes more toward the heart of this facility. Um, something open and, and, you know, like he, he just, he's just trying to explore a little bit. He doesn't want to push too hard into this place, but if he can find something that goes further in, that's what he's looking for. 
Give me a discern realities. That's uh, wisdom, yep. right? Yeah. So that's a seven. Okay. Ask me a question. Um, uh, what here is useful or valuable to me? What is useful or valuable to you is you close your eyes and you silently pray. And that is when you hear it. Drum beats. Or at least they sound, they sound like war drums for a moment. And then you realize they're hammer striking steel. There's, mm. you realize the best thing to do, the thing, the, the thing that is going to be useful is there is work happening in this building. If you just follow that, you can get, you can find where you need to be. And I think that's exactly what happens. You follow. Well, you tell me, you, you hear it, you can hear it down one of these long winding hallways, right? And you see glimpses of torchlight and sparks flashing against walls and you see silhouetted figures. What do you do? Yeah, I think, uh, at this point, Alexander, he knows that if, if there's something going on here, that's like affecting this town, this is going to be the heart of it. And, uh, he needs to go and, and stop it from happening. So, uh, you know, for his own sanity, but also all of the people in the town. So he charges down the hallway toward this, uh, whatever is happening in this, uh, factory. Yeah. You charge and you charge and you hear, you hear the screams. Like you hear, you hear shouts as people watch, as people like hear you charging in your giant armor, weapon drawn. (laughs) And, you know, people initially people try to stop you and you just like push past them because these are people because you are on a mission and they're like no one is going to stand in your way Mm -hmm. um and then you are surrounded suddenly um you turn a corner and there are what initially look like guards but as they're running they they're you know they their skin starts to turn purple and they burst wings out of their backs and blood splatters against walls and their pikes and axes, you know, start to become like obsidian black and smoldering. And remember that moment when you wondered what would happen if someone willingly gave over their mind to this thing, to, to whatever presence uh, is here. Okay, good. It seems to be the, <laughs> it seems to be this, there are about three of them. So can I um, try and like, cause this is like almost borders on uh, incredulity, I guess, but he really wants to make sure that he's seeing what he thinks he's seeing and wants to like take just that, that beat to try and focus on this and, and see if uh, what, if he can discern what's uh, going on. You don't even need. Yeah. I'm going to say you don't even need to discern realities because of your ability to ask what here is evil. Mm, okay. Um, so, Perfect. Yeah, there you um, feel this otherworldly presence, right? And now that okay. you're close, like you feel this pumping in your chest, and you feel all the hair on your on your arms is starting to stand up, and like mm-hmm. you can see, not only do you hear it, but like when you hear one of these hammers strike steel, you see like this pulsing red glow, and you see it like through walls, and you just see it, right? 
pulsing like mm. a heartbeat. And okay. as it pulsates, you see it, you see that same like you see that same energy radiating through these these hell soul, these hell spawn. These people that have been mutated by something. Okay, great. <laughs> so you're seeing exactly what uh, your your senses are accurate. You know, you your okay. your senses pierce lies, so you know that if this were an illusion, like I would know. Yeah, but you also see <clears throat> because your senses pierce lies. You also see terror. You see terror in the eyes of these people as they transform into these demons. You know that something is now exerting power that power that is transformative and 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 horrifying and taking people even people who like willfully gave themselves over to evil but like now it's like mutating them and that's terrifying. So the people that are striking the hammers are are these more of like the the townspeople it seems? Uh you haven't spotted anyone. You haven't spotted what they're working on or who they are yet. These are just like guards okay. running towards you, like security I guards see, who I have see. been turned into hell beasts. Okay. Um, I think that Alexander, uh, watching these guards like sort of transform into these demons, um, he is going to do his best. Uh, I don't think Alexander thinks he's going to sit here and fight three demons in a hallway mm-hmm. and, and come out on top. <laughs> Uh, but I, he needs to get past them. So um, I think what's a good way to do this. Uh, if you, if you need to get past them, you can defy danger and just try to like run past them or like bowl them over like football tackle style. You can also invoke your mark of authority and like push through that way. Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We try can try to, like, that. I want to see, I want to see what that does. So, um, with these, like, I guess at these demons, um, he's going to, uh, again, gather up his symbol and like f- push it forward. Uh, you know, it's got like a pretty long chain on it, so we can like push it forward a little bit. Um, and he's just going to say like, by the order of the gods above who fill me with strength and show me the light, be gone beasts. Uh, roll me plus charisma. Seven. Seven. Um, they choose, they do one. I'm going to say um, one of them, you actually force, you actually say that, and with a pulse of light, one of them, the wings uh, dissolve into ash, and they hit the ground face first, and when they come up, their face is battered and bloodied, but they are human again, and they flee. They turn tail okay. and just run screaming. <clears throat> One of them is like knocked against a wall and is holding its weapon and like gets up and, and he stares you down and then flees. And the third one is going to bum rush you. Okay. So you've only got to fight one now, but the, but, (laughs) but the second one is running off and might very well be getting help. Sure. (laughs) So what do you do? Um, okay. If he's like going to bum rush me, I think, uh, Alexander probably braces himself and prepares to like counterattack. He's not going to try to get the first hit in, but he's going to 
be ready to sort of embrace that hit as it comes so that he can hopefully get at a good advantage. Okay, give me a hack and slash. That's strength uh, seven. Seven? Okay. Um, what I'm going to say is um, roll your damage. Okay, let's see here. Seven. Perfect. You, um, you drive your, you, what are your weapons tags? Do they have any tags on them? Close. It um, just says close. See. Yeah, just close. Okay. You, uh, you, oh, plus one damage. Damn it. Oh, perfect. Even better. <laughs> Even better. Um, you, so how much damage is that total? Seven? Eight. 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 Perfect. You lay weight, like you, Describe how you finish. Describe how you take out this, uh, this, this, this closet. Okay, sure. I think I he probably like braces himself right with his back foot, and he holds up the shield, and so the creature's like charging forward, um, and he pulls the sword back so the tip is back behind the shield, mm-hmm. um, and then as the closet like smacks into the shield and pushes forward against him he can quickly just fully extend his arm which gives him like a great range of Mm -hmm. deep stabbing yep and i think what happens is i think the one problem because you rolled a seven uh he gets a hit on you you do that and like blood splatters and your shield basically dissolves in an instant as like acid black acid blood just like melts your shield away great Cool, cool. Do you cool. push onward? Yep. Um, it's not going to stop me. <laughs> you come to, uh, you come to the main factory floor, right? You walk through a doorway and you see. Finally, you see these people. Some of them hollow-eyed and glassy. Some of them turned into demons. You watch that closet that fled run and like run to someone whose back is turned to you and you see what they're working on an altar or a, an like some sort of it's a, it's a gateway massive think Stonehenge esque gateway that they are like forging and crafting runes into and like building supports for it so that it stands. And it is all this like burned black iron Okay. They're building. They're building a gateway for something big and dangerous. Now you okay, see. So before, sorry, go ahead. Before I go charging into this room, having seen mm-hmm. this, I'm going to reach into my adventurer's pack, mm-hmm. and I'm going to pull out two things. I'm going to pull out a length of mm-hmm. rope and a crowbar. Okay, and I'm going to tie the rope to the crowbar. Right. And I'm just going to leave this on my hip. I've got a plan, but I, right. I want to make that prepared before I go. Okay, perfect. You're exactly prepared. Um, you approach this thing and people are building this. No one's even acknowledging you. No one's even acknowledging your mark of authority. They're so focused on just this task, this monument. And then in the distance you see... When is the last time you saw Rothar? When is the last time you saw Rothar Longfellow, the man who trained you? 
Oh, uh, it's probably been, it's probably been like almost five years, uh, since the last time he saw Rothar. Um, you know, I think after he sort of stopped being a trainee and, and moved up in the ranks, um, he probably saw him one more time and like really gave him like a, uh, kind of a shitty, like I did it <laughs> kind of look, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Like, uh. Like he really reveled in the fact that Lo- like Rothar never thought he'd be anything, and uh, he managed to make it. And so, um, I think there was the- definitely let that animosity creep in. But that was the last time. It was. It's been a while. And those five years have been remarkably good to Rothar. He looks better, more in shape, younger, more vibrant than he did five years ago. The change in color in his armor from silver and blue to black and red suits him surprisingly (laughs) though it is admittedly a little on the nose (laughs) but then again rothar was never exactly the most like the most he's never one for subtlety or cleverness sure and he approaches and in your mind you hear You've come to what? Stop this? You've you've come to seek the truth of Naralm. <laughs> well, congratulations. Here we are. This is the vessel that will bring forth the beachhead of the Demon Wars. <laughs> and you what? You think you're going to stop it? You're a runt. You're the same runt you always were. And now you see that he's speaking this as you're hearing it clear in your mind, as he finally is like close enough to acknowledge you. Mm. And his armor starts Um, to like smolder with green and black flame. Uh, Alexander just sort of quietly is like, Rothar Longfellow, may the gods strike you down for everything you have done. And if I must be their instrument, so be it. Bring forth the first uh, strike of the demon war. And he throws open, he throws out his hands. What do you do? Um. So the first thing that I think... Uh, yeah, the first thing that Alexander is going to do is he's going to take the rope that he has uh, prepared and he's going to try to swing the, like, like the crowbar and throw it up over the arch so that he can get sort of a grip on it. He's trying to wrap it around the top of the arch. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know how that worked. Um, <laughs> he's going to try. I'll just say, I'm just going to say you do it. Cause tell me okay. what the big plan um, is and then we'll figure out what's going to happen. <clears throat> My plan for that is for, uh, to wrap it around and to just, to just get a running start and try and tug so that while they're still like building the supports mm. up, he can pull down the That's arch. super good. Okay. Roll me a defy danger plus strength or, or I'm, I'll allow you to use constitution as well. If you're just going to like pull and strain your body. Well, I rolled a 10, Flawless. so um, I think I think for him, Constitution's the better uh, option anyway, but that just makes it an 11, so it's fine. Yeah. 
fabulous. <laughs> you um exact so you pull and you pull and your you feel your body give way and like mm. you almost feel yourself starting to like lose consciousness but like the thing starts to tumble over and it smashes into the wall of the factory and there is debris crumbling the entire factory is set to collapse as uh as Rothar comes over grabs you like grabs your are you wearing a cape or cloak or something Oh, absolutely. Yeah, grabs you by the I mean, cape. What 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 self-respecting paladin doesn't exactly. wear a cape, you know? Grabs you by the cape and just throws you hard into into like right into actually oh, nope. He throws you through the gate, like through the center of the gate, and suddenly around you you start to see like the factory change into this endless bleak burning Badlands landscape as he like comes towards you and as he passes through suddenly he is this hulking behemoth juggernaut of armor and flesh what do you do um i think i think alexander starts to laugh a little bit in like a like a like a cold laugh not like a it's not funny um but he just uh he's he like chuckles and he says all this time I've held in my heart a darkness for you but it was the darkness you were the darkness I will not let this stand I'll use my dying breath to defy you and he he and stands think, just arm he stands arms extended and says take your best shot runt okay uh, I am going to try and fill myself with all the divine authority I can muster. Uh, just uh, a quick prayer. In even in this dis, uh, even in this desecrated place, the gods of the high court look upon me. Their light fills me. Their strength binds me, and their will guides me you will be undone and I'm going to run up and try and stab. At give me that. Give me with my, give me that. Uh, give me that hack and slash. And also after that, heal me, heal one D 10 damage as they, as okay. the gods, as you literally feel like your Holy symbol, those four hands interlocking begins to swirl as you literally feel like that energy coursing in your veins, as this is the first shot of the demon wars to come. Awesome. So that's a six okay. and 10. Hey, All right. Uh, so roll me your damage. Uh, describe what you do. And if you'd like to take a D6 damage to. Uh... Oh, no, you rolled a six total for your attack. Okay. Right. So um, what happens is he run at him and without flinching, he swats you aside and your sword goes tumbling. And now you're standing down um, facing him with no weapon. What do you do? Uh, I'm sort of like push myself back up uh, and I reach into my pack and I pull out just like a little camp knife. Yep. That's great. Uh, um, and I say, I will not be denied. And I'm just going to run and try to stab him with this crappy little okay, camp yeah. knife. Uh, give me this. Give me this hack and slash on a seven or better. You can you can slash through him and get your sword. 
but it and it's going to burn one of your uses of adventuring gear. Yes, uh, that's an perfect. Eight. Roll your damage. Uh, three. Okay, and uh, you're able to like get your sword and take. So what happens is um, he from he like holds out his hand and this massive unholy fire blade floor forms and he slashes at you <laughs> tearing off your tearing off your like travel bag and the rest of your gear okay like ignites into flame and spills into ash and you lose the rest of your adventuring gear and but sure. you've got your sword back oh great perfect um okay <laughs> my resources they are dwindling <laughs> uh okay with the sword in hand like sort of against his flaming sword um i think i'm gonna like i use the sword one-handed even though the shield is gone i'm gonna be using that gauntlet to try and sort of protect my like body mm -hmm. a little bit um just have like that arm up as like a, a brace, uh, but I'm going to go in for another big stab against this creature. Like a, I feel like all of the stabs against him because he's so big have to be like a run and a leap. Yeah. To really like sure. get in there. That's Perfect. a 10. Uh, roll me your damage. Two. <laughs> does that add, does that include your uh, bonus from your sword? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, um, you, your, I rolled a your one. sword, um, just kind of like you jam your sword into the armor and you're just hanging there, but you're hanging there in a way mm. that you could like get that, that what I'll say is that if you want to make, if, if you want to attempt to like pull off his helmet or like confront him with your holy symbol or do something else, like you're basically hanging on his chest by your sword. Okay, sure. Hmm. Actually, and then what I'll say, so what I'll say is, do you, like, you have the option of, you know, hanging back there and taking advantage of the fact that you're basically, like, right up at his face, or you could be, or you have the option of pushing him back through the gate. Um, I think I, I'm fine fighting okay. him here away from other people. So I think I take the symbol and just try to press it up against him. Like, like, like brand him with it. Okay. Almost roll me. Um, um, roll me plus charisma. Uh, eight. Perfect. Um, what I'm going to say, yeah. So roll your damage and take roll your damage as this is sort of a, a mod. I'm giving you a modified hack and slash for that. As you like sure. blast him with holy fervor. And so deep roll okay. your damage. You're going to ignore his armor. And because you rolled an eight, he's going to, uh, he's going to like stab you in the side with his holy blade. Okay. So I rolled five damage with the, uh, holy symbol. Great. Roll me a D eight plus two. That's seven. So um, he doesn't actually, he doesn't even stab you. He just like, he's got the sword in one hand and with his other hand, he punches you in the ribs and in a, an instant you feel every beating, every like, every just vicious beating he ever gave you when he was quote unquote training you 
mm-hmm. and just all of that pain and anger just like and you physically feel the bruises and the broken ribs as it all just flushes back to you in a heartbeat so take that seven damage subtract your armor from that yep yep and what then do do? i think like i'm i'm i think i'm pushing myself back up off the ground um and i say I told myself I would never let you do that to me again. Well, here I am. I am. I'm ending this. And I'm going to make another attack. All right. Oh, 12. Beautiful. Um, with a 12, just describe how you finish him off. Um, I think I probably like run up. Um, and I like jump and I think he probably like swings and I like kick off of his arm mm-hmm. and just stab the blade into his face. Yeah. And he uh, turns to stone yeah. this like deep black obsidian. He was never one for subtlety. And like the sword <laughs> is caught in him and he falls backwards and shatters into a thousand pieces. And suddenly you are left with... um you are let like you're standing there and in and on the back and that clawing on the back of your neck dissipates and then returns. And now Ooh. you actually like feel it scratching the back of your neck and you feel the blood starting to trickle right where the skull meets the neck. Right. And you turn around okay. and you don't. May you may you don't see Naram, but you see. Or feel some infinitesimal aspect of Naram all around you. This essence, this booming cloud of just pure malevolence looming behind you. You see the gate behind you, but it's starting to tilt backwards as it's starting to like crumble and burn. What do you do? Hmm. So I, I feel like it's start like he's really starting to worm his way in, like force his way into my yep. mind. And the gateway is starting to like fade away as you have knocked it over and shattered it. Um, as as the gate is fading and I, I sort of uh, I think Alexander sort of does the math in his mind, right? He's like the gate is closing. He has one shot left and it's me. And I I can try to get out of here. I can try to fight this or I can make sure that he has no way out. And so I think Alexander picks up the blade and he just says, not today. And he just jams it as hard as he can uh, into himself. Roll me 2D, roll me a flat 2D6 as you face the black gates. Eleven. Eleven. Yo, I'm so excited. That's such a good Black Gates result. <laughs> okay. Uh, where is that at? Where is the Black Gates? I think it's a special move. There it is, yeah. On a ten- you have cheated death. <laughs> you stab. And... You know, you your body bursts. Like this glorious white light explosion fills the area and you wake up sometime later stab wound still fresh in your gut 
in a hospital bed here in High Rock. You look out and you see the golden exchange in all of its magnificent glory. You know that you didn't beat Naralm, but you know that you discovered the truth of Naralm. Your quest has changed. You're hurt. You don't know that you're going to be able to... You can't fight. You know there are fights to be had, but you know you're not quite in the shape to fight them yet. You're in a bad spot, but you're alive. You've cheated death. You stared down the black gates and came back standing. I'm going to have you level up right now. Normally, like, there's, like, a calculation <laughs> of things, and even though this is a one-shot, like, pick one of your advanced moves. Okay. Um, I think, uh, I think Bloody Aegis yes. feels like where we want to be with damage, that. When you take damage, you can grit your teeth and accept the blow. You take no damage, but suffer a debility of your choice. If you already have six abilities, you cannot use this move. Yeah. You have taken every beating that has been dealt. You you took, you stared into the eyes of Naralm. I think your quest changes as well. I think you are mm. no longer looking to discover the truth because you've discovered the truth. You know what right. you know what Naralm is. You know what he's after. What he's capable of. Now you are looking to slay Naralm. A great blight on the land. So, do your yeah. boons change? Um, I think yes. I think that uh, because of the interact, like because of what happened when um, Naram tried to reach in, and I like sort of stopped it. Um, I think there is uh, an invulnerability to smoke. Okay, I love that. Um, and I will say instead of you are still required to, you were still required to give hospitality to those that have been hurt. And I think you're here in Mm -hmm. high rock for a while doing that, but you are now, you feel it in your soul that you are now a warrior and a soldier. The first blow of the demon war was dealt and now it is going to require valor and it is going to require Mm-hmm. forcing like you are not going to be allowed to spare the lives of those that have those that have surrendered fully to Naralm. Right. But you're going to be ready because you're a soldier. And that's game. That that's was good. So that fun. was really good. <laughs> Anthony, thank you so much for coming on party of one. That was really good. God, thank you for having me. This was so much fun. I really, really loved it. So uh, real quick, before we wrap up with the show, where can people find your work online? Um, if you want to uh, head over to Twitter, you can find us at Adventure Inc. Pod. Or uh, if you just head over to adventureinc.podbean.com, we have all kinds of links and stuff there where you can find us and you can find the show. Uh, it's really like my labor of love. So uh, if you enjoyed uh, me check it out uh, I think you'll really like excellent, it excellent 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 uh, well thank you so much for coming on the show this was a delight and I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show take a future me thanks past me and thanks again to Anthony for coming on to the show that game was a blast 
Be sure to check out Adventure Incorporated at adventureinc.podbean.com and be sure to follow the show on Twitter at adventureincpod. Then while you're on Twitter, you can follow this show at Party of One Pod, then like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash partyofonepodcast. Then head on over to bit.ly slash partyofonediscord to hang out with us and chat about the show, role-playing games, professional wrestling, you know, all of the things that people talk about. If you really enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a nice iTunes review, a social media shout-out, or a word-of-mouth recommendation. All of those things help the show reach new listeners, which helps us do bigger, better, and cooler things. You can also consider backing our show on Patreon at patreon.com slash partyofonepodcast. Patreon backers get access to bonus materials, mini-podcasts, and interviews, and Patreon dollars help pay for hosting fees, equipment costs, convention appearances, all the little things that make the show come to life. If you'd like to hear more from me, check out All My Fantasy Children, the character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast powered by your listener prompts, hosted by me and my best friend, Aaron Catano Saez. That can be found at allmyfantasychildren.com. Party of One is produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you'd like to inquire about coming onto the show, whether you're a podcaster, game designer, professional wrestler, writer, actor, comedian, or you just love a good role-playing game, you can reach me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody.